Hey guys, it's Jessica. Welcome back to Sober in the Sunshine. I'm going to give you a very strange life pro tip this week, and I know that some of my friends will definitely laugh at this, but I want to introduce you to the strange phenomenon that is ASMR, uh, autonomic sensory meridian response or something. That, by the way, that name is total bullshit. People just like pulled it out of nowhere because um, this thing, ASMR, uh, it's based on this tingling reaction that happens on your scalp. Um, you can go Google it, but <laughs> it works. That's the weird thing. So I found this again in early sobriety when I was like looking for anything that would bring me like some kind of comfort or um, soothing, you know, just something soothing. And it works. It's weird. Um, my personal favorite ASMR thing is listening to crunchy leaves. Now, if you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, I get it. I had no idea either. Here's the deal. Some people, I guess a lot of people, when they hear certain sounds, get this really pleasant tingling sensation all along their scalp. And it was something that really never happened to me in when I was drinking. And it actually happens to me all the time now. I tried to explain it to my sisters and my mom, and I think they might have thought I was going crazy. But it really does happen. I feel like it's sort of like a gift of sobriety. Like, here, you're taking care of yourself. You're not numbing out. Here's like this pleasant, natural thing that's going to happen to you. Um, and it feels really good. But... ASMR is the idea that you can listen to something and it will invoke that feeling for you. Bear with me for just a second. If you Google ASMR, you will find a bunch of stuff about this. And there are so many weird, weird videos on YouTube. Um, my favorite one, like I said, is crunchy leaves. It's like walking in somebody's feet walking in leaves. It sounds really weird. I know, guys. Still, just try it. What do you have to lose, right? It's not that weird. Um, so anyway, that's my tip for the week. And I would love to hear back from people if you try this. And also, if I have just lost you as a listener because um, you just can't get into it, that's okay. I totally get it. I'm a little bit weird sometimes. But for those of you who are going to stick with me, you are going to hear a great guest this week. I am so excited to bring you my interview with Jeff. Jeff is a total sober badass. He's been sober for 10 years. And I knew when I started this podcast that I wanted to bring you stories about not only people living their best lives in sobriety, but also people who dealt with heavy shit without feeling the need to run to something to help them numb out. And Jeff is a perfect person for both of those things. The guy has a great life. He owns a construction company. He has an amazing wife. He has a great family. He's got four kids. And, um, he also has gone through some really heavy shit during his sobriety. And so I wanted to introduce you to Jeff because he just is a perfect personification of the person who I want you to see is possible to be. Like you can have a great life and you can also deal with really hard shit and you can do it all sober. And Jeff has done that. So I'm really excited for you to hear his episode. Without further ado, here's Jeff. Jeff! I'm so happy you're here with me. Oh, happy to be here, Jess. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so um, let's just dig into it. I know we talked a little bit before we started recording about the fact that we would need like five episodes to talk all about your drinking and drugging days. So <laughs> there's a lot so of good just, stories. Uh, there yeah, there are a lot of good now. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you? Let's see. You're you've been sober now for ten years, right? Yeah. How did you know that this last time was it? 
Huh. So, you know what? This time, uh, <laughs> it pretty much started out like all the other times. Like, I was just, like, in, in big trouble. And um, yeah. the only <laughs> so usually, like, when I tried to get help, like, uh, it was usually because something bad happened. Or, you know, yeah, usually something like the first time I went to rehab was because my truck got repoed and uh, okay. I was really bummed out. My mom wouldn't help me get it out of repo. So I was like, fine, I'll go to, I'll go to rehab then. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know, <laughs> but my heart wasn't in it. I was always trying to get out of trouble. Um, right. The last, the last time, so, so that went on for like 12 years. It was like, it was like rehab every two, every two years and then get out and, re, and relapse real fast and then. Like kind of like like oh, a month a, a month that. in rehab or whatever something like that twenty eight days whatever it is like that kind of like like when I was younger anyway like that would reset me that that would give me like a like, a, like it would reset my um I don't know it was like I could like start over and like be pretty healthy after a month of sure. being clean and so that gave me like about two years to like like progressively get worse and worse until I needed rehab again <laughs> so, okay. So it's just, so that's what happened for like 12 years. But the last time around, um, I uh, so the biggest thing was my kids. Um, they were living with my mom, and uh, and the other thing was that I had become addicted to heroin. And so so this time around, like like I wasn't working anymore because I couldn't work because I was sick all the time, and I was mm-hmm. um, really 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 bummed out that my mother was um, was watching my kids. So. So that was pretty much it. You know, I tell tell everybody um, that the worst thing I ever did was blow off my two sons' whole baseball season, um, and that was right before I went to my last rehab. It was one okay. of those things like, like they called me every night, begged me to go. Pro- I promised them I'd go, and then I never went. They were on the same team, and then um, and then so that yeah, so that was like what, you know, people ask you what your rock bottom was, like like that's what I always say, and um, and so yeah, the I just. I just knew um, basically that, like, they weren't going to have a dad anymore, and I was going to really let him down if I didn't do something about it. But, again, yeah. it was still, I was still trouble. I was trying to get my, you know, get out of trouble. I also had two and a half years of jail time hanging over my head and was, like, running from my probation and kind of wanted by, by the law, too. So the, get, the gig was off. It was, it was time. Yeah, you were just at the end of the dead end road. I, I was so sick too, Jess. I was like, I was just like, I, I mean, I don't even know how to. I was like 135, 40 pounds maybe. Um, I looked. You like, had like you abscesses know, like, on your arms and stuff, right? Like you were like both, really both arms. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I got an yeah from shoot, from dirty needles. I, I was using. So I got an abscess on my on one arm, and I'm like, Duh. and so I'm like, oh, just use the other arm. And so I got an abscess on both arms. Yeah, it, it was oh, ridiculous. God. Yeah, it was bad. Um, um, I just like I was like I just looked like a deranged like like Krusty the Clown. Like my <laughs> hair grows out of the sides and not on the top. And like I just wasn't I just wasn't I didn't groom. I didn't like you know it was just gross. You know so um, yeah it was definitely 25 years of progressive like um, alcoholism and addiction. And, uh, yeah, I was supposed to tell for that. So, yeah. So when you went into rehab that, that last time, did you know, like, this is my last chance? I got to give it my all. And were you prepared to do that? No, not really. No, (laughs) no, I wasn't. I was just like, um, I was like, I basically was, um, like I said, I I didn't want to like screw my kids up. I knew I was screwing my kids up. Um, they were living with my mom. 
I remember, like, the, like the day before I went, like, I, I, I was also living, like, by, at this point, I'm living by myself in this apartment. Um, it was, like, me and my, my brother and, like, this kid from high school and a couple of random druggies, <laughs> you know. <but laughs> it, was a, it was a total drug house, and we didn't pay rent for, like, four months. The landlord lived in the apartment below us, and it was just, like, we were just, like, yeah, we're going to pay you Friday for sure, definitely. <laughs> Uh, and we never did. And then finally, everybody left, and I'm by myself at this in this like just crappy apartment. And um, and yeah, it was just it, it was just so depressing. And um, and yeah, so so again, like you know, I was about to become homeless. Um, you know, I was, again, I was like running from the law basically. Uh, and so it was like what I did, what I always did, really. Like, oh, fine, I'll go to rehab. I mean, like, okay, like me. Like, deep down, I probably was, you know, the kid thing was different. That was different. Like, like up until then, you know, like I said, I'd been to a bunch of rehabs. But my kids came to visit me, you know, like, like I had their mother, my ex. Their mother, um, Carrie, my ex, um, was, you know, somewhat supportive, even though, you know, whatever, we were terrible for each other. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it was, you know, so and that was somewhat functioning uh, as far as, like, I, you know, I worked for the most part and all that, but. But this time, like I said, I was I was out of work, I was out of friends, I was all by myself and really really sick. So um so yeah, to get out of trouble, I, I'm like you know I have nowhere else to go basically. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was miserable. I, you know, I remember trying to call. I was I called my 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 little brother Ted, and uh, he's one of us too. But I, I called him and uh, I'm like, dude, you gotta come get me. And he's like, all right. And then like two hours later, he's not you know this is at the rehab. He's he's not there. I'm, I call him back. I'm like, dude, are you on your way? He's like, uh, and you know, my mother basically wouldn't let him get me, and uh, uh-huh. so nobody would. Get me. So, so I was stuck there. I, I, you know, I, I just said, you know, whatever, screw it, I'll, I'm here, and uh, and so I stayed. But um, but yeah, it didn't start out as like, oh, I'm really gonna do it this time. It started out like, like this sucks. Like I have nothing. I have no choice. You know what I mean? But to, but to try again and. Um, yeah, so <laughs> thank God it, it got, uh, it got, it got better, you know what I mean? And, um, the other thing I remember, I was, uh, at this rehab, they, they would, a lot of people went there and got on methadone. Yeah. And I got on methadone the first, so what they do is they, they, so like they detox you and so that you're not like totally dope sick and so you don't basically, so you don't run away and, and go get some heroin. They give you like a dose of methadone, then they give you like three times a day. Like it's like a little, and then they add a little bit, and then they they bring you up, and then they bring you down. So it goes like like ten, twenty, thirty milligrams, and then twenty, ten, five milligrams, and then you're off. And they did that for me, but I you know I felt it a few times, so I'm like, like trying to get on the methadone program. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, yeah, the first week, and then everybody's like, "No, nah, you don't want to do that." I'm like, "No, no, I think it's really what I need." And uh, meanwhile, <laughs> you know, thank God I didn't do that too, but. But that's just kind of that was my mindset um, for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So. Still wanted to get fucked up. I mean, I can't blame you. I still want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and plus, like, like when your whole life is just a shambles like that, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it was so bleak. It just nothing looked good. Like, I didn't know if I was going to jail. I didn't know. I, I just didn't know anything. You know, like anybody else who was, you know down and out like that you just don't know and you pretty much assume the worst because yeah being sober it sucks as it is right then so what do you expect you know what i mean you don't expect getting sober is going to really like solve it or be 
be awesome. You think it's going to be even worse. You know what I mean? So Exactly. Um, yeah, that's how I felt. So what changed? Like, do you remember a specific thing that happened at rehab, or was it kind of a slow dawning that happened after you got out? What happened? Never. I, I remember some things, yeah. Um, so so when I was there, um, like, this place is like a state-run facility. I got a free bed. I, I showed up there with – uh, literally, I, I had like a pair of ripped up jeans, short, jean short, <laughs> cut off jeans, right? I had like this <laughs> white t-shirt with like mustard all over it and a couple holes in it. And I had a pair of shoes that I had stolen from a job site that were three sizes too big for me. So, 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 and I was miserable and I was really sick. Um, the first thing I remember um, that kind of like made me feel pretty, pretty okay or like it kind of gave me a little hope. A guy in there who had been there, he's waiting to get into a halfway house, another heroin addict, he gave me some clothes. He's just like, here, dude, I mean, you're in this – he didn't really say this, but I know he was thinking, like, like dude, seriously, you need to, like, change your clothes. <laughs> get out of those clothes. So, so he gave me some clothes, and I threw away the other clothes. And then I remember, like, about maybe two weeks in, um, you know, by then, my mom's talking to me again. I'm talking to my kids on the phone a little bit. And – uh you weren't supposed to have visitors, but my mom came up and uh, it was my kids and my stepdad in the minivan, and uh, they, yeah, they showed up and dropped off a bunch of clothes. You know, she went out and bought me some clothes and whatnot, <laughs> and uh, and then like they said, no, you can't see them. And uh, but my mom, like being kind of a rebel, she like drove the minivan like up the driveway up to the house where we all stayed. I was like outside. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I just, like, they didn't really stop. They just drove up and, like, waved at me. And we're like, the kids were like, Dad. And I'm like, you know, I just remember, like, they were, like, happy. And, like, they knew I was in a safe place. And they knew I was, because they, they knew I had tried before. But they knew, or whatever, they were behind me again. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And uh, I remember that, like, clearly, like, and then, like, after that, just being like, okay, wait a second. Maybe, maybe there might be something to this thing. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, that's so gonna... cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, um, so then, yeah. I just uh, about two weeks, three weeks in, I st- I started to physically feel better, and um, and you know, like I said, like like I bounced back pretty good um, physically. Um, you know, I've always built houses. I've, I've I've been very active all my life. So so take take me off the drugs and booze for three weeks, and and I bounced back pretty fast. And so that did yeah. happen. And, um, and yeah, the next thing, honestly, that, that happened that was different this time was I went to, they told me, they told me to go to every rehab you ever go to tells you, um, to go to meetings afterwards, 12 step meetings, whatever group you want to join. And before that, every other time I'm like, yeah, of course, of course, I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to. And I went to like, you know, one meeting, got there late, left early and sat in the back. This time, right. um, my mother let me move back in. And, uh, but she had like, it was like, you know, it was an ultimatum. It was like, she was like, if I smell one drop of alcohol and you're out on the street, no questions asked. And if you miss a meeting, um, you know, you got to go every day. That's what you said you're going to do this time. You got to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. The kids were still there. I, the kids were about ready to go back to Oregon. And, um, and I wanted to really, you know, be there with the kids and, um, you know, do all that stuff. And, uh, and so yeah, so that was the other thing that changed. I uh, I went to a meeting every day for a while, and um, people 
I just got lucky. I don't know. I always call it the perfect storm. Like, I just happened to meet the right people at the right meetings. And, um, and I'm, you know, pretty much able to kind of just blow off the other stuff that, you know, how people complain about certain meetings, right? Like, yeah. I've been able to, or I was able to just be like, oh, that person's crazy. Like, and just be like polite to them, but like, just not even, like, you know, be, <laughs> not listen to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then I, and I hooked up with the people with, a bunch of cool guys and, and, and made friends and and did that. And so so then after that, then I knew it was different. I had phone numbers. These people, at first I'm like, what do you want my phone number for? <laughs> and then they're like, just, you know, just, just give me your number. Here's my number. This is how it works. Now you can call me if you need me. And I, and, and I found myself like, like actually doing that because, you know, you get out of, you get off booze and drugs for tw- after 25 years, and you've been in rehab a bunch of times, and you know you're recovering from all that. Uh, like I didn't know how to do anything, so I, I definitely found myself calling guys from the from meetings, like like with like you know pretty basic questions, like what do I do if and uh, and they're like oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> that was that was like crucial to me too, like like being able to like kind of copy people and ask and ask people questions you know, about living sober and stuff like that. So were these, like, old-timers, or were they people more like your age? Like, was it important to you that they were the same demographic as you, or were you just like, anybody can help me right now? Anybody can help me right now, honestly. Cool, uh, yeah. It it was everything. And and, uh, because I really, like, I I always say also, like, I didn't know how to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license. I didn't have a bank account. Um, I hadn't been in a, in a relationship in a long time, you know, I, um, you know, I hadn't been really, um, watching my kids for a couple of years. Uh, it's just, the list goes on. I, I just didn't even know how to be a human being anymore. You know what I mean? And so right. I had to, I, and I, and I wanted to get different kind of, I mean, looking back on it, I can say it now, like at the time I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you know, I'll listen to you. You're not, you're not on heroin. Cool. You're not. You're not trying to like rob a drug dealer. Cool, I'll listen to you. But uh, um, but yeah, so so yeah, it was everybody. It was everybody, men, women, um, anybody who was willing to you know to help me out. And um, yeah, that was it. That's so cool. So were you? Did you do like ninety and ninety? I mean, did you stick to going to meetings every day? I pretty much did. Yeah, I, I also um, didn't really have a whole lot else to do. Like I wasn't really working a lot at first, and. Um, and so, and I'm also a pretty hyper person. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely, I, I'm sure I did 90 and 90. I didn't like, like get all upside about it and count. And, and I missed meetings here and there. You know what I mean? If I didn't, sometimes I didn't feel like going, I didn't go. And um, I remember, you know, like you, you hear stories like, like I did have like a temporary sponsor who was like, where were you tonight? And I'm like, dude, I didn't go to the meeting. What do you mean? It's like Friday night, I, you know, whatever. I was, I'm watching TV right now. And I, he's like, well, you better be there next. This is your home group. You better be there. And I'm, like I said, I, I was just like, I kind of looked at it like he was trying to help me. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was a little yeah. annoying, but he was trying to help me. You know what I mean? And and those, the, the guys um, that I met early, like I still know a lot of them, obviously, but because uh, I've been in um, this area since I got sober, but they're like, dude, you should have seen yourself when you came in. I'm like, I'm like, what, really? I was 35 days sober. I thought that was all better. You know, they're like, dude, yeah. seriously. <laughs> like, you are a complete and total mess. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so, yeah. That, um, I, like, I, I, it's pretty, um, 
think I'm just really lucky, like, because uh, I know a lot of that stuff is, like, it turns a lot of people off to certain meetings and groups, and uh, I just have, was able to kind of laugh off the annoying parts, so. Yeah, so you just kind of grabbed onto it and held on with both hands. Did you still hang out with your old crew, or did you just have to, like, basically start over as far as friends went and everything? Oh, yeah, no, my old crew, no, no. <laughs> I would. That, I had done that before, to way too, every other time. I tried to get sober and gone to rehab. I, I'd get out, I'd go right back to my old friends, and, and my ex was not, um, I mean, that was a toxic thing. She was, she was a, an addict, too, you know what I mean? So I'd go home, and eventually, you know what I mean, it, it, or I'd go back to the apartment. I went back to that one apartment, like, twice after two detoxes. Um, and, yeah, like, really, like, like, like if you're going to be trying to be sober, like as far as I'm concerned, like for me, like if I'm if I'm staying sober, I'm not hanging out with heroin addicts. You know what I mean? Not not when they're at. You know it's mean? probably a good call. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good call. yeah. Like I'm not going to the guy's house who's who's um, who's cooking meth if I'm trying not to do meth. You know what I mean? And um and I'm not going to the bar and I'm not hanging out with the people who who drink like that. I can't. I I. And, I mean, not only uh, do, do I not want to do that because I want to stay sober, but it, it just doesn't interest me. And it, you know, right. it's, um, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's not being fun for me a long time ago. You know what I mean? And, oh, totally. Uh, long, yeah, before I got sober, it was like it became a, a, a job, and it was ugly, and it was yeah, you know, gross and sad and dirty and all that. And so, so yeah, no, I, I I didn't hang out with anybody. Plus, half of my uh, like the people I was hanging out with in the end. Since then, like probably three or four of them have died, um, yeah. several in jail, and, and it's not like I had a big giant circle of friends either. You know what I mean? There was yeah. um, just a, a small group of um, guys, and um, you know, so half uh, some died, some went to prison, and, and some went, some got sober. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, did you start like hanging out with the? the people from AA and like doing social stuff with them or were you kind of, did you hang out by yourself at home? Like it must've been so I, I, surreal to you. Yeah, no, I did that. I, I did. I hung out with guys. Like we'd go to a meeting and then go to dinner afterwards. Um, um, who else did I hang out with? But you know, I, you know what? I, I hang out with guys I work with cause we just spend like, you know, like the guys I end up working with, we like, we work all, all day together. Not that we like, you know, like you know, go home together and then have dinner together, <laughs> like that. But yeah. But a lot of like I've always been kind of like in construction. Like those are my friends. I hang out with them during the day, and then AA people. Uh, uh, I probably shouldn't say the actual group I'm in, but <laughs> but um, but twelve step people, sober friends, and um, and who else? Like you know, family, and then um, probably about I was probably about. I don't know, seven, eight months uh, sober when I started seeing Karen. And yeah. And then, yeah, and so, so you know, like all that um, and whatever, like it, between work and meetings and new girlfriend and all that stuff and kids, you know, my kids and my family, that, that's pretty much my circle. Yeah. So did it feel so fucking weird to be sober after just being fucked up for so long? Like, did it just, did you look at the world in a different way? It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's like a long time ago, but uh, not that long. Ten years isn't that long, but yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, like I said, I had to like relearn everything. 
it, yeah. it felt really good. It, it, it felt really good. You know what I mean? It was like, like I said, like, like I always felt like, like sobriety would be like, like a failure. You know what I mean? It would be like, it would be like giving up on. Yeah. That's I, what happens when you give up. Right. Yeah. Like the things that I love, like we're like partying and, and hanging out and doing crazy stuff and, and you know, all this stuff, which, you know, in the end I didn't do any of that. I just did drugs and drank, but, but, um, but I didn't think it was going to like feel really good just to be sober. And, and it, it feels really good just to be sober to me. It, it, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? And, um, and so that was shocking. Yeah, for sure. Like, like that was different. And, and the other thing we always talk about is like that rush of like emotions and feelings that you haven't had for, for, for so long. Like oh, that yeah. was definitely, that was, but that felt good too though. You know what I mean? Like that felt good to me. It still does, but. But that, that was a little, maybe, I wouldn't say confusing, but a, a little surprising. Um, yeah. I, I definitely remember one time, and I've talked about it, like, at meetings before. Like, I remember, like, it was, like, a Sunday morning. I was driving. It was in the fall. And I was going, I think I was probably going to my, my home group or something like that. And I just remember, like, the, it, it, like, all the leaves were different colors, and it was, like, really bright sunshine. I just remember being like completely blown away by it, like like it was the first time I ever saw it, and um, and like those kind of things happen a lot, you know. Like those are the good things. Um, they still happen once in a while, but it was like um, to answer the question, like at first it was it was it was surprising, definitely, <laughs> but pleasantly yeah. surprising, like in a really good way. Absolutely, that moment that you're talking about, where you notice like all the different colors and the leaves and everything, it's so surprising it was so surprising to me that i started experiencing things like that in sobriety because i like you i felt like it, giving up was what happened when you got sober like that it was like the end of partying but it's like the beginning of this crazy new life that's so i mean that's the reason i started this podcast it's like all these moments that you can get out of life when you're just stone cold sober it's so wild they happen over and over and over again and and i, I definitely talk and write about that um I'm still like shocked by it sometimes. I'm like, oh my god, like again, like I'm still feeling like this, like whatever you want to call it, like extreme like happiness or joy or whatever. Like, and it's not always like big things. It's like 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 you were saying, like like the colors <laughs> in, in the sky. Yeah, like, little like, things. Yeah. Or like or like my dog like does something funny, you know, or or you know, whatever. There's a million examples of it, but that's what um is is definitely still. That's what I was kind of a little bit worried about at first. Like, it felt so good, and, and I was kind of like, I was like, this can't go on like this. Like, this isn't yeah. going to just stay like this, is it? I'm like, it's going to go back to, like, eh, boring, uh, life sucks, like, whatever. It, it, it has never done that, and it still is, like, like I always say, it's still getting better, you know what I mean, which is shocking to me, but it is. That's so fantastic. Ten years in. Yeah, ten years in. That's good and, to know. Honestly, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I promise you, like, it, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not full of shit. I'm, I'm, this is, and I've talked to other people with long-term uh, sobriety too, and they, you know, they call it the pink cloud or whatever. But I know a couple guys who are, you know, over 30 years in, and and uh, one guy, this one guy's like, yeah, don't worry, you can be on the pink cloud forever because I'm 35 years sober and I'm still on the pink cloud. So yeah, I love that. It's so rad. Yeah, well, good. kind of it's appreciating what's around you too, you know, just like, Definitely. like you're, you always uh, in the online group that we're part of, you're like so 
motivational and everything. I mean, you get up and you post every morning and like tell everybody it's going to be a great day and everything. But I feel like you really like you can tell in those posts that you really, truly appreciate what's around you and like how great Karen is, even though we all know that you should appreciate Karen more. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Or, no, no, As we no, like to tell you. Bit. Well, no, I should tell her more. Like, like Yeah, that's right. Just, Celebrate yeah. and tell yeah. her more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hug her and stuff, right? Absolutely. Yes, you should definitely give her more hugs and affection. Yes, Yes, that's what all of your friends tell you. She wants to hug when I'm, like, trying to make dinner or, like, doing dishes, though. I mean, so it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you, you, like, I'm just wondering, when you were using, like, did you go from kind of, like, playing the victim role back then to, like, kind of a change in attitude when you got sober? Or were you just a happy guy when you were using and then you're a happy guy sober? Like, what was your uh, attitude yeah, like uh, back then? Uh, so I started out, like, as far as, like, like the drinking and the party and stuff, like, you know, I started young, whatever, but it was definitely life of the party, class clown kind of thing. You know what I mean? And, um, and you know, so – so whatever, like it, it definitely was 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 fun and adventurous and exciting and all that for the first say probably maybe like two or three years only, honestly. And then it was like a slow like decline. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, at first I was like super happy, like uh, like I would say like like I I built houses all my life and um and I started young because my older half brother and his father no relation to me they they built a million houses um all around this area. So, like, in seventh, eighth grade, I started working on job sites. And then, like, eighth, ninth grade, I started drinking beers, like, like whenever I wanted to on the job. And ah, I, yeah. I was, like, I was like, holy crap, you guys do this every day? You're getting paid for this? You know, smoking weed, <laughs> yeah. drinking beers. And, um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I was a pretty happy guy. Um, and then, like, I, I do remember, like, kind of, like, whatever, having, like, some teenager meltdowns where like I just was like miserable for no reason of course I was drunk but you know just like picking fights with people and 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 not the happy-go-lucky guy but I but I absolutely say it was all because of the addiction and alcohol and drugs um because like I just feel now and I always have since I've been sober like back to that like seventh eighth grade kid who was just happy to go hang out with his friends and play hoop or or whatever, listen to music. That that's how I feel now. Yeah. And, uh, so to me, it was like the drugs just steadily brought me down and further and further down, and, and made my yeah. like they robbed me of my spirit, and they they turned me into someone who uh, like unrecognizable, like like just a negative creep. You know what I mean? Like a negative, like yeah, a total victim, blaming everybody. Like you know, like well, why don't you give me some money? Like in the end, I was like. You know, <laughs> calling people like please bring me some beer <laughs> you know like, like why won't you come hang out with me like wh- who would come hang out with me you know what i mean right right so yeah it was the drugs and booze that maybe like uh that maybe that changed me and, and then it was sobriety yeah. that, that that let me go back to the happy kind of positive person that i try to be well you are super happy and positive and um i know you had something come up um, that happened in your life when you were, I think, about five five years sober that was really something that, you know, could drive a lot of people back to using. Um, and what was that that happened? Uh, so, okay, so little backstories. Well, what happened was my daughter overdosed on heroin. 
when she was 16. Um, but backstory before that, um, talking about my yeah. kids, um, I had more, we had Morgan. Oh, I, I, I was with her mother for like, like three months. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, it honestly, it was when I first started doing like a lot of meth and I just, like, I, I just started doing it and she was, she was actually homeless, uh, in Bremerton, Washington. And we were like buying, um, drugs off her group of, um, young tweakers. <laughs> and so, so I met, I met her, like it was probably a drug deal and, uh, and whatever, but she moved in like the so romantic. Day. Yeah. So, so she moved in like the first day, like a month later, like my mother happened to be out, out in Seattle visiting. And she's a justice of the peace. I'm like, Ma, you're marrying us. We're in love. You've got to do it, please. She married them. We're married. A month later, um, she's pregnant and she's gone. Like, I never have seen, I've, I've, I've seen her like three times since then. This is 22 years ago. Um, so, so that was my first rehab, too. Like, I went to rehab that time. Wow. It, was, it wasn't just the truck being repoed. It was also, I had a wife and she was pregnant. <laughs> and so, so, so. After she had Morgan, I saw Morgan maybe once a year and I had, and mm-hmm. then I had three more kids. But, um, but so, so we weren't close and, um, and I hated myself for it. And I want, and, and it was like, uh, like that was like one of the first real downward spirals. She wouldn't take mm-hmm. me back as soon as I got out of rehab. I thought I would do 28 days and, she, and, and, and Morgan's mom would take me right back. But um, but she's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. Stay sober for a while, and then we'll see what happens. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm, I'm sober. <laughs> I went to rehab. For, you know what I mean? Screw you. I'm going to go do some crack. But, uh, <laughs> but so, so, yeah. So, so Morgan and I didn't really have a relationship until I got sober when she was 12. And mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly, like the guilt and like the of being a deadbeat dad and having three other kids that I totally was raising and, and I was with every single day and, you know, doing the best I could under the circumstances. But, um, but then I had this other daughter, my first, firstborn daughter that, you know, I didn't even pay attention to really. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay child support. I mean, you know, I didn't do any of the things I was supposed to do and I hated myself for it. But, um, but yeah, so we started getting, um, one of the first things I did out of, re- out of my last rehab, like a couple months sober was go out to Oregon. My other kids were living back there at the, um, by then and, um, and just start trying to, establish a relationship like just it wasn't like dad you're home <laughs> it was more yeah. like, with it you know like you know you know teen like she was 12 she wasn't like running with open arms at me you know what i mean and, but over the mm-hmm. next like whatever like four i think it, yeah it was like four and a half years sober when she overdosed but but over those four years we started to get close and uh she would come for like a month in the summer a couple weeks at christmas and i'd go out there and visit and um same thing with the other kids um and so so we started you know slowly getting closer and, and whatever at least i was at least i was you know trying to you know then i was doing some support and whatever at least buying her plane tickets and clothes and things like that but um but yeah so so she would went down the same road that you know a lot of people do it was like um you know the whole thing like changing schools and trying alternative schools and going to treatment and out of treatment and relapse, run away, steal from the, from her grandparents who she, who, who were basically raising her out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, what, I'm sober, so I was able to kind of help. She she came and stayed with me and Karen for a little while, went to meetings with me. Um, she went back, and uh, she kind of hit a, hit a bottom and uh, got caught, um, went to juvie for, like, a couple weeks until they could put her in a long-term treatment uh, place. She, you know, at first was hating it and, and whatever, like, rebelling and didn't want to do it and all that, but then started to, um, to really uh, – to really like kind of go with the get with the program and all that, and you know we talked to her and her like um, case manager or, or whatever the, the counselor in the place was, and um, and things were looking good. And then uh, she got a pass to go home to her grandmother's house where she you know basically her grandmother basically raised her. My my ex, her mother, um, never really kind of got never really got sober, so. Um, so Grandma Ann has been, you know, her basically her mother for for mm-hmm. forever. But anyway, she got she went back to um, Ann's house for the for Mother's Day weekend on a pass because she was doing so well at treatment, and um, and split a forty dollar bag with her uh, with her good friend, twenty bucks worth of heroin, and she was doing laundry down in the basement and hanging out and just smoking it. And she didn't think anything bad would happen because she wasn't shooting it. And um, they just they found her the next morning. Um, they were getting up to go to church for Mother's Day, and she was like on the you know, like you see in the movies, like on the floor next to the bed was like, like no, with barely any pulse, and she had aspirated, and yeah, the EMTs brought her back, and then she was um, in the hospital in a coma for three months. Um, we got the phone call. Uh, we were it was me and Karen and my mother and Karen's mother. We were about to go out for Mother's Day brunch. Oh. And, yeah, we got a phone call, and it was Ann, Grandma Ann, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, hey, Ann, happy Mother's Day. How you doing? And she's just <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably. She can't even say anything. And she's like, mm-hmm. finally says, Mor- Morgan, Morgan overdosed. Um, I'm like, what are you talking about? She's in tre- I didn't know she was home. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's in treatment. How the hell did that happen? And uh, she's like, no, she came home, and uh, and she's in a coma, and, she's, and we don't know what, to, you know, we don't. They're saying she's probably not going to make it, and and it doesn't. And so me and Karen were on a plane, like whatever, an hour later, like in shock. And um, yeah, yeah. And then that six-hour plane flight, not knowing if she was alive or, or, or dead, was was brutal. And um, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it was really bad. And uh, and then so we got there, and we were there for like you know probably. I think we were there for like a month, three weeks to a month, like literally just in the hospital um, or or at a hotel and uh, with the family and, and Grandma Ann and uh, Larry, her grandfather. <clears throat> um, one thing, uh, like I, I will say I never once thought about drinking. Like I literally didn't. didn't it did not enter. My, I mean, like, like I guess like the thought of is this the thing that will make me drink might have entered right. my mind, but I was honestly like, like f that i am i mean no it made me more determined to stay sober than anything else like 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 if i was to get fucked up like it would have been that it would have been partly about me then you know what i mean like yeah it would have been i I couldn't help anybody if i relapsed and, and you know what i mean and i really wanted to i really wanted to be some like part of the team you know to help her and uh and so yeah, I, I never felt like uh, like like drinking or using. Um, and the sober community, like the group that we're in, um, mm-hmm. and my other 
my 12-step groups. Um, you know, by then I'd been in the group for a little while, like probably six, eight months, and I'd made friends. And so, so basically there was like, there was like prayer, prayer thing, like, start, I don't know, like people were lighting candles all over the country for her. Oh, that's for so her. cool. Yeah, people were like, like sending, like, you know, we, we did a GoFundMe because, um, you know, we got a ton of donations. We got, um, just so much support from the, from the recovery community. It was unbelievable. And, uh, so I, so I needed that. I'll tell you, I, I honestly needed that. And, um, yeah. so my, the, my iPad and my phone were literally like, like just binging like constantly <laughs> for, for like three months. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that, that happened. And, um, yeah, I was like, like I just kind of like, it was like four and a half years of, 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 you know, trying to be a dad and, um, and then that happened, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I felt kind of, you know, a little bit maybe pissed off and, and it felt a little unfair, you know what I mean? Not to me, I mean, obviously to her, but, but, um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, the determination thing was like, it wasn't like a, like a, uh, like shit. Like it, it was more like a, like it just made it my, uh, my, my, it made my program stronger and it made, I don't know. It just made me like appreciate people in recovery more and my own sobriety more. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but never any serious um, risk of relapse ever. That is so amazing that you got through that totally sober. And it's probably because you stayed plugged in with everybody who, you know, you could have isolated and, and done that, but staying plugged in with everyone is so important and then you got that support which is so so important it was incredible you know what i mean it was like and then and plus like and then the other thing um like we weren't like super close with like ann and larry and 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 their the whole oregon family morgan has um two brothers a sister and then my uh her mom my ex has a twin sister and she has four kids and so oh wow it's like yeah there's like 15 of them or whatever, you know, all together. And, uh, and so, so, so we actually ended up getting really, really close over the last five years with them too. And, yeah. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So, so I've been able to kind of like, like they were just here. And, um, so, so Grammy Ann comes and then her little sister Maddie came and like last year, um, her brother came with her and her cousin. And so, you know, we can, do stuff for him a little bit, you know what I mean? And, and then we go out there and visit and it's just, um, yeah, like strength in numbers, you know, like, like that support and like that. And Anne's 20 or 30 years sober too. And she was a drug oh, wow. counselor. Yeah. So, so she was kind of like waiting for me to get my shit together. Like, which, yeah. like you think like, like I wasn't a great guy, you know what I mean? I was a, I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And she knew me when I was, you know, on mass and, and dr- drinking 24 seven. And, and like that kind of like recovery person, like she just like wel- welcomed me back with open arms. Right. When, when I stayed sober, like I could have stayed sober like 22 years ago. And uh, if I had done that, I probably would have been, you know, I probably would have been there for Morgan the whole time. And honestly, I, 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 I always add like, like you don't think like the consequences are, are, are for more than you, but they are, you know what I mean? Like, like I totally own the fact that like like this happened and and maybe the fact that I wasn't there for her might have a little something to do with it. You know what I mean? Like if I was there when she was 
growing up, and she had a father that was sober that she could depend on and who, and who loved her and all that. And maybe she doesn't have to do heroin when she's 16, you know? So, yeah. so it's, I mean, hey, it's, I'm not, like, beating myself up over it. I'm just, like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's it. I'm owning that, and, and there's more motivation to stay sober, you know what I mean? So um, I, I tend to do that, like, change everything from, like, say, like, <laughs> guilt or shame or whatever. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at being mad at, or, or upset or sad about things. Like, I just kind of uh, – I've been lucky enough to kind of change that into motivation. And, That's um, so great yeah. that you have that, that that ability to do that. Yeah, some people will be like, oh, dude, like, like <laughs> what do you – what, you think you're uh, – like, you think you're all, all is forgotten and forgiven? Like, like, you don't have to, like, feel bad about that? It's not like that at all. Like, I, of course, I'll always feel bad about it, but feeling bad about it and, like, whatever, like, beating myself up or, or, or being depressed about it, like, that's, that's not that's not going to help me or anybody else, especially the people who I wasn't there for. How, how am I going to help them? You know what I mean? Like, right. How, how, how can I fix it? You know? I, how can I make it better now? Stay sober. It's the only way. How did you learn yeah. to have that attitude? Did it Did it just come naturally with sobriety, or is that something that you've worked on, or – uh, I don't know. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just from being sober a long time and like, like staying sober and being around good people and, um, and trying to, uh, I don't know, I guess just trying to do what I kind of know is right. And I don't know, maybe my mom raised me right, you know, <laughs> like your mom is like, pretty awesome. I got to meet her when I was there. She's yeah, a no, cool she's lady. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, like I wasn't raised to, to go running around like stealing beer and like, Running amok, like I wasn't, you know what I mean. I was raised, yeah, you know, to be hardworking, honest, and and try to help people and be decent, you know. And and drugs and booze made me like not able to do that, you know. It was all about me and my next next high or my next twelve pack or thirty pack or whatever it was. And and then sobriety kind of allows you allows me to do that, like to try to be somewhat decent, you know. Yeah, you're just back to who you were meant to be, basically. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, believe me, I have my moments. <laughs> Ask Karen. Do you want me to get Karen? <laughs> so, uh, no, no, I've talked to Karen. I know you have your moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like if I burn the uh, the dinner that I've been working on real hard, I'll definitely throw a spatula. You know what I mean? And she and she'll definitely give me a whole bunch of shit about it. But uh, <laughs> but in general, like, it's 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 pretty. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. This is this is the good stuff. This it. is definitely the good stuff. I love it too. And I love that you're my friend and that I got to know you in this world because you're such I, like, oh, you bring so much good energy to the world, Jeff. I love it. I appreciate it. No, I, it, I always say like, and I was going to tell you like, we've only hung out the one time here, but like, I miss you. You know what I mean? And oh, then, uh, I miss hanging out yeah, with you I guys. You. you know how many times I've thought about hanging out with you guys and Candace and Hillary in your living room? It was so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Um, but you know what? Also, like the, I also look at it like like I was like sucking the life out of life for a long time. You know what I mean? So, so you know, it's not like I owe. It's not like I'm in debt to the universe. But in a way, like like you know, that's another thing. Like I can feel better about all the stupid shit I did if I'm trying to like stay positive and possibly help somebody or lend a hand. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it's all part of that's the a cool whole, way of looking like, at it. Yeah, pay it forward and kind of make up for some of the stupid shit. <laughs> That's a cool way of looking at it. I like that. Okay, so 
I had to bring up one hilarious story from your days of um, being a crazy person. And okay. you ha- you have to share the story about what happened when you tried to rob a bank. <laughs> oh, when I wanted to rob the bank. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so that was um, that was in Eugene, Oregon. And, um, and so backstory, I had just broken up with the mother of my other three kids, Carrie. And, and, to, and to say broken up is is putting it in, in delicately. She and I were both meth addicts, all right? And um, we, but we were together for ten years, um, you know. For a lot of the time, it was like you know, it functioned pretty well. Um, so a couple of the years were here, and but the most part was out there. You know, I always worked. We always had um, we always we had a car, we had an apartment, we had some three kids, and we always ate our food and all that. But it was ugly too. It, it was a toxic relationship, and there was mess. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I, I I was. Um, like extreme meth guy, uh, like I said, I was still fine. I still went to work, but I would like I would like shoot up meth and go to work, or I would smoke oh. meth at the in the porta party at work. She, on the other hand, thought I was a scumbag because she hated needles and she thought the people that smoked meth were scumbags. But she would snort lines like twelve inch lines. So, <laughs> so, we were, so the other thing is we uh, we couldn't be in the same uh, for like the last like well most of the time, but. Real bad in the last couple of, like years or so we were together. It was just fight like constantly like fighting, verbal abuse, and, and she. I always say she uh, she stabbed me a few times. <laughs> so, so so we broke up um, because I I I met another uh, a girl in the apartment complex who who had to shoot up meth too, and so I started seeing her, whatever, hooking up with her, and I got caught. She uh, Carrie came home at like six in the morning one time because she had like of course she would always pack up and leave and take the kids and go stay at her friend's house so i didn't think she was coming home but she came home at like 5 30 in the morning and the other girl was there and, and we weren't like naked or anything like that but she was there and so so she flipped out um you know rightly so like i deserved it but she like did the whole restraining order said i was beating her up which i didn't it wasn't like that um so I was homeless in Eugene, and this girl, this other girl, Don, uh, had uh, a bunch. She was from Eugene, and uh, she had like a lot of meth head like connections, and, like really scummy people she hung out with. One of them had this trailer, like this old dilapidated like camper trailer thing. It was like full of like old pornos and like it was so gross, and it was in the woods. And so we had to like and we had to like sneak in. So I was basically homeless, but I was like sleeping alone in this disgusting old trailer and uh and and, uh and so i could i didn't work i had pawned all the rest of my stuff i couldn't go see the kids i couldn't see it was trespassing if i went back to my old apartment complex and um so one saturday i'm just like like whatever like well oh my mo at that time also like for food and beer was the was the go to the safeway and steal deli deli meat and uh and uh, fill my backpack up with beer and run out. So I had food and beer. And I had a place that I was half homeless, half with this disgusting place. But I didn't, I couldn't afford any drugs. So I, uh, so, so I was all, all about getting money. And um, after all the other stuff was pawned, uh, I wrote, I, like the only paper I had was like post-it notes, like stack of post-it notes. And um, I felt really bad. I like wrote this like, like five page of just post-it notes. 
but like so it was like a really apologetic um letter like i need twenty five hundred dollars this is not the kind of person <laughs> i am i've fallen on hard times i'm really sorry <laughs> i do have a gun in my shorts so please no you know like whatever it was like you know it would have taken the police would have got there before they finished reading the note and so i jumped on my bike and rode down to the bank and <laughs> And uh, it was like 12 o'clock. On your bike. That's my favorite. On my bike. Yeah, yeah. On the bike path back to our, uh, cause the bike, the Eugene bike trail, bike path on the on the river was kind of like, we got a storm. I was almost on the river, like, <laughs> up and down the bike path uh, to that trailer. But, um, yeah, it was like 12.05, and uh, the bank was closed. So I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> like, I remember I just, like, sat down and, like, like on the, Sidewalk and leaned up against the bank like, oh well, like what am I going to do now? I'm so I glad they were closed. Prison. You would have gotten in a lot more trouble if you'd done that. Oh, I would have gone to prison probably for a little while. Yes, I, like my, you like probably would have. Yeah, I know people oh, who have God. done it. Uh, it's, uh, like, one of the people, um, like I was talking to you about uh, the guys I hung out with, like my old crew. It wasn't really my crew, but these, this couple I knew, um, they they robbed a bank. They robbed a bank and uh, and got caught. And um, oh God, yeah, it was like two. She got like two years. She was the getaway driver, and he got like I don't know seven years in federal prison. Oh God. Uh, well, I'm really glad you, that you never ended up in federal prison because we need you out here in the world. <laughs> I'm really glad too because you know what happens when you go, usually like if you go to prison or whatever like it's not like they rehabilitate you you know what I mean yeah. I probably would have I probably would have honed my 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 survival skills in there and, and oh, whatever absolutely. I mean you know maybe I would have got sober in there but but um but yeah no I'm not a prison guy the times I've been in jail like they make fun of me like the people make fun of me in there because I don't know the rules and. I'm like, hey guys, how you doing? You know, and they're like, they're like, fuck you. Okay, yeah, here I'm done. Bye. But um, but yeah, I'm, so yeah. Um, I'm glad you're out walking around, Jeff. Thanks for everything you <laughs> do. Too. You are you are it. such a good, amazing person in the world now, and you've turned it all around. Thanks, thanks uh, so much for I, um, for being here today too. It was so much fun to interview you. I appreciate it. Cool. Well, thanks, dude. Sometime. I will see you. We'll, we'll do it again whenever you want. I'm, I know you have plenty of stories to share anytime. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much. Oh, cool. I didn't know if I, for some reason I thought the phone was, uh, was cutting out. But, uh, all right, cool. Jeff, you're awesome. I love you. Thank you. Love you too, brother. Bye. All right. Talk to you soon. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Jeff. It was so much fun to have a chat with him. And funny story, I met Jeff in person last summer. I had met um, Hillary and Candace, who I've mentioned before, two of my best girlfriends um, on the online group that we're all part of. And I decided to fly back east to meet them in person and to go to a barbecue at Jeff's house with them. Um, this is literally all the way across the country. And um, that supportive husband I've mentioned before, thankfully he's pretty chill and understood that I wanted to go um, visit my girlfriends who I'd never met and stay at a guy's house who I'd never met either. But Jeff and his wife Karen are incredible people. It was so much fun to hang out with them. And it really showed me being with all of us people over the weekend and not numbing out at all and just having the best time that 
being sober really does work and it really can be so much fun and it's fun in this different way that you never really imagined having so thanks Jeff for your hospitality last summer thanks for coming on the show and I hope you all enjoyed it Um, I'm having so much fun doing this podcast I really appreciate you all being here with me and I hope it's helping some people out there if you would like to reach me please feel free to email me at soberinthesunshine at gmail.com until next time take care Thank you.